The Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network is brought to you by Onyx Hunt. Bringing you the best GPS mapping software directly to your smartphone or desktop, Onyx offers you the ability to see property boundaries, mark waypoints, track your location, and so much more. Visit onyxmaps.com or you can download it directly from your app store today. Save 20% off of your purchase by using the code NATION20 at checkout. That's capital N NATION followed by the number 20. XP podcast with your host Steve Fielder and me Chris Powell. If you're ready to up your game to extreme performance, sit back, buckle up, and hang on for another exciting episode of Houndsman XP. Hold on, Houndsman XP fans. We have got a two-part podcast for you today. Uh, The first part, we're going to be talking to Tanner Babb and getting his backstory. Tanner is our Gold Star veteran who uh, is going to be going on an all-expense-paid lion hunt in January on the Navajo Nation, thanks to our partnership with Freedom Hunters. You can get all the information on how to donate to that cause. This is Veterans Day week. This episode is not coming out on Veterans Day by mistake. So today is the day. Make sure you check us out on our Facebook media page at Houndsman XP Podcast and add your name to the list of patriots who are supporting this effort. Steve was on the road, so we caught up with him while he was in transit out wandering around in the mountains of uh, the eastern United States, coon hunting, visiting friends and family. There's going to be a lot of information in that part of the podcast about news coming out about Houndsman XP, uh, some conversations and, and things that we are doing with, that we've had and we are doing with our sponsor W Hunting Supply. And, of course, more information about this great project we're working on with Freedom Hunters. So stay tuned. You'll be tempted to hit that stop button because we've got you conditioned with uh, you follow your hounds and I'll follow mine. But that's not where it stops today. So roll on through that break and catch the second half of our podcast. Welcome to the Houndsman XP Podcast, and one of our co-hosts, Steve Fielder, is a man of the world, and he's out running around the East Coast, coon hunting and, and seeing family and all kinds of things today. So, Lauren, it's just me and you today. Hey, I think we got it. You know, I I, uh, I made it through coon hunting last night, and I'm here. You got me up bright and early. <laughs> yep. So I, I'm excited to uh, to talk to our guests today. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, you're not not up as early as one of our guests today, which is Calvin Redhouse. Calvin's up bright and early. Of course, he's up every morning out there in Arizona. So how you doing today, Calvin? 
Oh, I'm doing great. Just uh, enjoying just nice cold weather and getting outdoors every, every chance I get to start running the dogs on them, them long tails. Yeah. Well, you, I've been tracking you on Facebook and stuff, and, and you've got snow up there. You're finding some, some lion tracks, but you, you really don't ever stop hunting because I see your posts on social media all the time. Yeah, it's the only way you, know, you and your dogs are going to get better is if you're out in the woods all the time. That's right. That's right. Mike Colley always says, he said he'll be standing there with a, somebody that's trying to pick out a pup, and they'll ask him, they'll say, so which one of these pups is going to be the best, do you think is going to be the best one out of the litter? And Mike always says, the one that's hunted the most. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's true. Yep. 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 I've, I've got two puppies right now, and I'm trying to decide which one that, you know, I should really only keep one. Um, but, uh, I'm trying to decide which one to keep and I know I won't be able to decide for quite some time. Well, it seems like houndsmen always go through this. We always end up with more dogs than what we need. Um, I've got way too many right now and I'm, I don't have near as many as what, uh, Calvin has, but Calvin, how many, how many dogs have you got out there? How many hounds do you well, have? Well, the one. Including uh, Kung Fu, that makes uh, 16. 16. Yeah. How long does it take you to feed everybody? Uh, feed and water. Maybe about 30 minutes. Okay. Because the, the water, we, we have running water coming up from the stream up to the house. So what I do is I just, you know either unchain everybody or open up the kennels and they run automatically to the water. So while they're at water, I'll be dumping out their dog food and then they make their way back up, make their way back to me. So, Oh, nice. So they, they know the system. They know the program. Yeah. It takes a, it takes a little while for them to understand it, but when they get it down, it's a lot easier. Nice. And I saw your, uh, your post with the, the first snow and the puppies it looked like they liked it right away. Oh yeah, they enjoyed it. They were, uh, I think in the mornings I used to go down there just about every morning, just open up the kennel and they just roam free wherever they want on the property. So every time I try to set up this system, Calvin, because I've got a creek running right past my house too, everything takes off. Everything goes hunting. I don't. I, I'm still trying to refine that. That I've got a couple plot pups here right now that I'm that uh i'm trying to trying to break that habit so that they understand when we're hunting and when we're not i mean i was i had kind of had this uh premonition yesterday or, or vision or something uh, i don't know what you would call it exactly but uh you know my boxer she knows when i'm going outside she knows when i'm going hunting she knows when i'm just going out to work um but there is no doubt that that she understands all of that and i was thinking well why can't i train or teach a hound the same stuff you know that that dog knows roxy my boxer knows exactly when it's time to hunt when it's time when i'm going for a run or working out or when i'm going out to work or when i'm leaving so what's the key to that i need this info too i know i think it all depends on where you live you know, the only time, the only time the dogs know that we're going hunting is when I'm loading them up in the truck. 
if they're around the house, they know we're not going hunting because we don't do no hunting around the house. We drive maybe like 20, 10 to 10 to 15 to 20 miles away from the house before we start hunting. So, you know, I think they, they've learned that, you know, when you load them up, it, it's time to go hunting. And then when we're not, when they're not loaded up and it's, it's fine for them to do whatever they want. So I think that's the main, main key. Cause I know you said you got a river that you usually walk down with the dogs to, you know, just let them run loose. So they automatically, they, I think maybe they automatically assume, you know, every time they get let out, you know, it's time to go hunt. That's the key right there. Yeah, Cause I've hunted a lot right from, I mean, I can basically turn loose right from the kennel and, and start hunting from the house. So I think you hit the, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think you found the magic recipe. And Lauren, you were you experienced this the other night on your three thirty in the morning coon hunt. Yeah, um, I let the dogs out um, because the puppies were whining. And like, okay, I'll let them out and I'll let Piper out at the same time. And I put Piper out on the dog run, and then she started treeing on the den tree. That's oh, of course, it's right by the dog run. Um, which is a cable that runs from the house to a big elm tree. And I mistakenly and stupidly let her off. I'm like, oh, sure, I'll let her tree for a while. Well, she treed for, I don't know, a couple seconds. And then I turned my head and she took the track out to the cornfield, which is uh, 60 feet maybe from, from that tree. And started hunting at 3.45 in the morning. I'm in my pajamas and bare feet. And it, she didn't have a she didn't have a, a shock collar on or anything. I am next to two big highways. Not interstates, but big. A lot of trucks come by. Thankfully, not at 3.45 in the morning. Right. Um, but it, I was like, oh, crap. And so I ran inside, put some boots on, got a jacket on, and headed in the truck down Highway 67 trying to listen for her. And I (laughs) drive off the road into the soybean field, and I listen and I listen, and I hear her. And I didn't realize that the creek on the property is, like, really deep, cut into the ground, and it would be really hard for me to get back up off on the other side. So I'm like, okay, she's moving away from me. Uh, she's getting further. This isn't going to work. So I drive back around to the to the farm. I grab the gun. Um, and I didn't even have my coon light with me. I just had like a little camping headlight um, because my coon light was dead because I'm really bad at charging things. Um, so I grab the gun and I take the truck down uh, the soybean field on the other side of the creek and get up to the corner and I can hear her and I'm like, Oh, it sounds like she's going to tree, but she's in the corn. Like what? And then sure enough, she treed and I'm thinking there are no trees that I know of over there. And I start walking in and sure enough, there's just this little tiny um, tree, not like a, like brand new planted tree. It's just a smaller tree. And I looked at it and I just looked up for a second. I'm like, come on, there is no coon here. But I'm thinking, okay, she caught, oh, I forgot to say, she caught this coon on the ground. Um, And she's untrue to her name. Her name, her paper name is True Grit Piper. She will not, that I know of, kill a coon on the ground. So it got away and it went up the tree. And I 
I'm looking around and finally I spot the coon and I shoot it out to her. And I think that was my mistake. Um, I wanted to reward her, but like you said, Calvin, like, you know, you don't hunt around the house. I should have just leashed her up and walked away. Um, but anyway, shot the coon out. She got it. We're walking back to the truck. The dog strikes again. Um, and, uh, actually she was not leashed. So she's, she's struck and I'm like, not again. Um, and she just headed, I don't know, a hundred yards down the Creek to the Creek side and she treed again and it was another coon. And I'm like, well, might as well. So I shot that one out and, uh, skinned them in the morning. Yep. Yep. Well, next time we're going to have to put a time limit on your stories. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to shorten it. <laughs> yeah, you definitely take the role of Steve pretty good, so we're okay. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good yep. one. Hey. All right. The... We can re-record that if you want. I don't know how to shorten it. Oh, but... no. We're going to leave that in there just for Steve. So... <laughs> Hey, the real reason we're here, Calvin, the reason you're uh, welcome back to the podcast, by the way, Calvin, uh, this is your second appearance, but, uh, the reason we, we invited you to come along today is because you're going to be the outfitter for our Houndsman XP Freedom Hunters hunting trip on the res this winter. And with us today, we have Tanner Babb, who is going to be our veteran gold star family member hunter that's being sponsored by houndsman xp and freedom hunters tanner you've been uh hanging on the line and worked us into your schedule to be on the podcast how are you this morning i'm doing good i'm excited you guys had me on and i appreciate it yeah yeah well we're excited to have you and and um uh really glad that you took time today to talk to us but um one of the reasons we wanted to have you on was so that our supporters who are are start we're starting to pick up some steam on donations and things like that but they need to know who tanner bab is and and uh catch some of your story here and and know who they're supporting so um how old are you tanner uh 29 29 whereabouts you live uh down in evansville indiana we're right on the river uh, right across from kentucky yeah yeah. So give us some backstory, Tanner, on, um, uh, you know, your, your family life, who you are, tell us, uh, you know, about your service in the Marine Corps. And by the way, we got three jarheads in this thing. So something's liable to get tore up or broke here. So oh, oh, naturally. Yeah. 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 No. Um, well, I, I had, uh, served for six years, uh, in the reserves, um, with started out as Kilo 324, uh, back in 2012, and then it, it switched to Bravo 124 with some restructuring um, as a machine gunner up there. And, uh, enjoyed enjoyed every minute of it, except when I was hating it. So. That's the way it always is. When you're out, yeah. when you're in, you can't wait to get out. And when you're out, you wish you were back in. Yeah. Have you been out long <laughs> enough to th- wish you were back in yet? Yeah, I think that next day uh, I wished I was back in, but it's uh got some other stuff i'm trying to trying to put time and energy into so um i just had to tell myself i was done as soon as my six years was up and let the younger guys take over yeah well calvin calvin you spent what 10 years calvin yeah 10 10 and some change yeah and you did five deployments yep 
do you wish you were back in? Um, now that I started hunting, no. But before <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a big life change. You know, I, was, I used to got, I was so used to the structure and you know, things being on schedule, and then got out and everything was not that way. And yeah, it was it was tough to adapt and change. But you know what? Now I'm used to it. So yeah. Sometimes, yeah, I do. I do miss the brotherhood and the camaraderie that that comes with it. But at the same time, you know, nothing beats family here at the house. Even though everybody in the Marine Corps is family, but your real family, really, nothing can beat it. So, right, right. Well, Tanner, you're. Uh, what's your, uh, what's your uh, background in hunting and? Uh, actually, it's pretty pretty limited compared to to all you guys. I uh, I've only went hunting with a with a dog once. My buddy had bought one, and we were gonna start rabbit hunting. Um, went out, didn't see any rabbits, but watching the dog hunt was uh, one of the coolest things I've I've seen while we we're out hunting. And we were excited to go the next weekend, and and somebody had stole his dog. So, town hunting just the the one morning. Uh, wow. Besides that. Yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know what what exactly uh, took place, but he wasn't wasn't able to get it back. Uh, but besides that, deer hunting, uh, still haven't got got my first deer. Uh, pretty uh, unlucky or or just unknowledgeable. One of the two, probably a combination of both. Trying to learn uh, off YouTube and uh, anything I can find online. But squirrel hunting, dove hunting, always have good time with buddies doing that mm-hmm. um, so turkey hunting went a couple times uh definitely definitely jacked a couple hunts up there had turkeys right in front of us fumbling around scaring them off or not being able to call them in close enough for a shot right so, right pretty, turkey, uh, turkey's pretty tough turkey's pretty tough yeah you know just to fumble yeah. your fumble around the woods and and uh stumble into one that's a that's a pretty tall order to fill right there you got to have a pretty yeah. pretty uh knowledgeable base sometimes i mean yeah you can you can luck into one and ambush one but uh you know as far as going out and and trying to feel your way in around in the woods and figure out turkeys without without a mentor is pretty tough well yeah. be, before we get into uh you know, the freedom hunter side of it and things like that. Tanner, I want to ask you, um, to, you know, kind of share some of your, uh, story about your dad and I'll kind of set this up a little bit. And I, I, I don't have all the information because I was not serving with your dad at the time that, uh, he was killed in action. And, um, but that's what makes you a gold star family member is, is the fact that, that uh, your dad, Brock Babb, who I served with in the same company during uh, Desert Storm um, after the attacks on 9-11, he was already discharged from the Marine Corps. He re-enlisted, and then he redeployed and uh, was ultimately killed in action in the Ambar province when his, when his convoy was struck by an IED. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, yep. Yeah. So give us a little bit of backstory on, on, uh, you know, your, your dad. And you said in other conversations, you said that you like 
for people to talk about your dad and and you like to share his story and and things like that so so just tell us about your dad okay well yeah he he had uh did six years in the reserves back when i was younger um i don't know the exact year he got out but uh it was it was after desert storm uh and then he started a family um with with my mom and was real real involved with the community uh, the west side sportsman's club the junior football league um anything really on the west side of evansville uh that he could get his hands in he he was he was in there whether coaching soccer t-ball uh real involved with the wrestling team we were traveling every weekend for four months out of the year um and he actually he he had a started a Brock Bab boot camp at the beginning of any or every wrestling season where he would take us out and we first year we you know we didn't know what to expect and we started running around uh up on Ryan Silva the high school I went to running around um in formation and he started singing cadences for us and uh <laughs> we had the uh the little yellow birdie with the little yellow bell cadence came up where towards the end of it you you crushed the little birdie's head so we all got jacked up, fired up, ready for the day. And about 10 minutes later, he had all of our souls crushed with all the stuff he had had us doing that day. But, uh, and they, they actually keep, keep that going every year, um, where they have the national guard come in or, uh, Marine recruiters, um, they, they have some servicemen come in every year and, and keep the Brock bad boot camp going, uh, for the, for the wrestling team. Yeah. But, but yeah, he, so yeah, he was, he was always involved with the community. Um, and then yeah, nine 11 happened. Uh, and it took a couple of years. He talking to him, uh, before he went, he knew he was going to go as soon as nine 11 happened. He was just waiting for the, for the right time and, uh, um, praying and, and meditating over it and, and trying to figure out when that right time was. And, uh, he said he had gotten a couple answers cause he was up, up still helping with wrestling. And went to wrestle one of the heavyweights, um, just kind of drill with him. He said after 30 seconds, he realized that, that that was his answer for for not going yet. So he that next week he picked it up, went out, bought a bike, bought some new running shoes, um, got a gym membership, and within four months he was he was back in shape and and ready to go. So so, so he didn't uh, go. The the answer he got was. Hey Brock, you turned into a fat boy while you were discharged, and it's time you got to get back in shape. Yeah, yeah, you're you're 40, you're not not 21 anymore. You gotta you gotta put some effort into it, and he he took that and and made it happen. Right, right. Did he reenlist in the reserves, or did he go active duty, or what was the story there? Uh, he went back in the reserves, uh, and actually, um, he was in. Uh, kilo 324 out of Terre Haute, mm-hmm. uh, the same unit I was able to get into. Um, so that that was that was a uh, pretty awesome being able to serve with some guys that that he had served with. Um, but yeah, and he had fought, and I I don't remember the exact exact time span, but he had fought for a while to get get put with a uh, with another unit um, just for the deployment. He wanted to get over there as soon as possible, and and I'm I'm going to say a year and a half, two years. Uh, he was fighting to to get deployed um with with any unit that would take him and it just kept coming up where where it wasn't happening wasn't happening wasn't happening and then finally he got sent with his own unit so yeah what was his mos brock what did he do uh he was a rifleman yeah yeah and uh i remember at the end of our deployment i'm gonna say 
you know, he's, he was a sergeant when he w- was discharged the first time and came back in as a sergeant. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, the thing I remember about him, of course, was the was the red hair. Um, and uh, he was always – he was serious about his job, but he was also uh, able to – lighten up and cut up and and have a good time he loved being marines uh, being a marine he he was a marines marine uh he was a great leader and and always inspired the people that were under his his command there to to be great marines so i i this this project is really special to me and and even though you and i have never physically met um i want you to know how much how much it, it means to me and how special it really is to be able to be involved in this whole thing. Thank you. Yep. Lauren, you got anything? Um, I think I had something to ask along the way, but my memory does not serve me well. So, yep. um, I don't know. I'm just excited to be a part of this, um, and help with fundraising and, you know, get to know everybody's story and, I don't know. I, I, I feel it's special too. both. I mean, both my grandparents, um, my granddad and my grandpa are vets. And um, even though I haven't served, it's still something that is very important to me. Um, and I thank everybody for their service. All three of you guys. Oh, you're welcome. Our pleasure. Yeah, it's our honor to serve. Calvin, you're awful quiet. You got any questions for, for Tanner before we get rolling here i know I'm, I'm good i'm just you know listening and uh letting him say his piece and i'm pretty sure you know more conversations will aspire when he gets out here i just know that it's gonna be a fun time you know um there's other <clears throat> there's like two other houses that are around here that were asking me the other day if they could you know if that was this whole project of ours was you know exclusive to you know just just us being able to go out and hunt, you know, and I informed them, no, you know, if you want to, if you want to come out and hunt, you got to tag, by all means, come out and help us, so, so there's other two, two other houndsmen that said that they would, uh, come and join us, but they're going to be, you know, scouting in a different location, and they kind of big track, they said they'd give us a call, and we'd be able to, you know, move in that direction, so, um, that's what it's all, that, there's, there's other houndsmen out here that are, reaching out and asking how they can, you know, assist not only with donations, but with their time. So it's going to be a fun time. Yeah. That's awesome. That's what, you know, teamwork's about. I remember it was kind of the same situation bear hunting. When we knew someone had a tag and we're trying to get it filled, you know, different groups of guys will communicate on the radio and say, hey, you know, do you guys need some help over there? We've got a good track here, something like that. So that's great. Yeah. Calvin, Describe to us, uh, describe for our listeners and for for Tanner because he's going into this thing blind. Uh, describe for us the type of of area that you live in and the the type of area you hunt in, and and specifically what I'm sure you've thought about where we're going to hunt during this particular hunt. Can you give us a little background on that? Uh yeah. Well, it depends on uh, Tanner. Um, how uh, how physically fit are you? He's a beast. You know, what are your your beast? Um, well, the, well, if you're a yeah, beast, we'll be climbing around on top of the mountain and having you dig us out out of out of the snow piles when we get stuck. So I think we'll be okay. 
whatever you say. Yeah. No, the the day after I found out I was going on this hunt, I changed up my my whole routine, and I didn't want to be holding anybody back or or uh, making the trip trip any harder than it needed to be. So. Well, it, yeah. Um, pretty much where we're going to be heading is all up to you. You know, if you're um, the bigger the cat you want, you know, the more rougher the terrain we're going to have to hunt. But um, even with even with saying that, you know, I've I've had sixty uh, year olds go out with me that were in in fairly decent shape, and he was able to, you know, put his tag on a boon a boon and Crockett. Um, so in majority of the time where I would like to take the majority of the hunters is down towards the sagebrush flats, um, in the winter time. And that's there, you know, Canyon de Chery, which is a huge, a huge, uh, it's a, it's a huge, uh, monument that's here for, uh, the, uh, the Navajos. And, uh, so we'll be able to hunt that area and that's all just, you know, rolling sagebrush flats. And anywhere between maybe five to twelve inches of snow, majority of time is where we're going to be hunting. And with the little trucks that we do have, you know, I, I drive a Ranger, and then uh, we'll be using a, a single cab uh, Toyota Tacoma as well. So we have little trucks that'll be able to get way back in there, and uh, we'll get as close as we can. Uh, the furthest I've had to walk is about maybe a mile mile and a half i think in the snow to get to the tree but you know it's gonna it's gonna be okay we're gonna be fine we'll find some game to chase even if, even if we have to we'll uh we'll uh take you to the local store here and uh get you a uh small game permit and that way we'll be able to put down on any track we see bobcat or bound lines and we'll be we're gonna have a good time Awesome. That sounds great. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited for it. I'm uh I think think uh Chris, I told you right when I got the first text. I I get text uh scams all the time and I got that text and I was like, <laughs> Man, this probably a scam. This doesn't sound I was like, Well, I it doesn't matter. If I say no to this, I'm scam or not, I'm I'm crazy. So no, I'm Yeah, before we I'm get excited for the opportunity. Yeah. Well, we're excited to be taking you, and Lauren's got a question before we get to that. Uh, Calvin, just so you know, I mean, you ought to look at Tanner's Facebook profile, and uh, you'll see that he's up for the challenge. I'll just leave it at that. I mean, he's he's got a, an athletic background. He's Marine, and uh, I know that he's been working out hard and getting ready for this. So I would say that Tanner is probably not going to be the one holding us back. I'm just going to go out on limb because – I'm good once, but, <laughs> you know, sometimes, like like uh, Sergeant Major Glass said in one of the other podcasts, sometimes I can do things that I can still amaze myself. But uh, they're few and far between. Lauren, what you got? Yeah, so I, I've been to Arizona, but not that part of Arizona. I'm just wondering, you know, you said 5 to 12 inches of snow. What what's the weather typically like? Like temperature, snowfall, how often it snows, and like, do you ever need to use snowshoes? Like, I'm new to this as well. <laughs> okay, yeah, no problem. Um, I've only used snowshoes one time. Now it's about maybe two years ago when the snow got really bad. Last year the snow was deep, but you know I didn't need snowshoes. I just you know 
was able to get around without without it. Um, well, it depends on what part of Arizona you went to, but the, everything from you know uh, Flagstaff is like the middle part of Arizona. Everything north of there always gets snow, no matter what, because you know everybody thinks of Arizona and they think of Phoenix, you know, desolate, uh, yeah. desert, desolate type of uh, type of place, and that's not you know the true, you know, that's not actually Arizona, but um, where I live, uh, it's around seven thousand feet, and the top of the mountain reaches is all the way up to 10,000 sometimes at some point. And, uh, yeah, we get our fair share of snow. So, and it's going to, it's going to be interesting. Just make sure that you guys have, uh, uh, snow gators. It's a, a huge lifesaver out here. Cause <laughs> last thing you want is to be soak your pants to be soaking wet while you're walking around and make at least, make sure you at least have, uh, 400 grain boots, you know, insulated boots. That's usually about the, about the, the, Best, best type of boot you could, you know, wear to keep your foot dry and uh, warm. Yeah, I was going to ask about special gear that you would recommend, and that that definitely helps there. Um, I uh, I wear I don't have any hip or um, snow gaiters, but hip boots in the Wisconsin winters uh, seem to do me pretty well. As long as it it can <laughs> repel the snow and keep your keep your pants dry from like you know absorbing a lot of the a lot of the snow yeah it's gonna be fine um so it doesn't really matter i mean we just uh, we just got to make a good list for tanner on what we we need to get him. okay i i've got one um i'll shoot it over to steve or chris there whichever one can use technology to the best of their advantage to open up an email and uh they'll they'll have that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we've already got a gear list that, that includes some gators and and things like that. So, uh, but it's still send that list over, Calvin, because I think it's going to be valuable. I'm sure I overlooked something, and and we can see what we need. So, um, Tanner, you got any questions about anything? You got what? Do you, what's your what's your expectation for this thing? Uh, to be honest, I. Just you know, talking to you guys, I expect to have a good time uh, and hopefully come home with a mountain mine. I know uh, this is a, a once in a lifetime opportunity. It's pretty pretty wild to get get a call and say, hey, we want to take you out and uh, get you a mountain mine and have a good time for a week out in Arizona. Um, so yeah, I'd, my expectations are, are are definitely up there. I'm 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 excited. I. Yeah, if, if I keep if I keep trying to explain my my emotions, I'll be rambling for an hour. I, I'm, but I'm definitely excited. <laughs> well, good deal. You got any questions? You got any questions for Calvin specifically? Um, not right now. No, uh, I've I've done a little uh, Facebook or Instagram stalking. Um, yeah. On Calvin, and the area looks looks amazing. I can't can't wait to get down there and, and see the area in person. What time in the morning do you typically start and and uh, look for tracks? And what's the temperature uh, variance during the day? Oh yeah, you asked me that. I apologize. That just went right over my head. Um, uh, right now, the temperature where I'm living at seven thousand feet is right around maybe ten fifteen degrees outside right now. And then when we get up on top, because I've been 
scouting for out because I've been driving up on top in the mornings. And yesterday morning, it was at zero degrees up on top, and that was at right around 8,900 feet. Um, okay. <laughs> so it gets, it gets pretty cold. So, um, But the thing is, you know, I tell everybody, you know, make sure you dress in layers. Don't just, you know, bundle up with one thick jacket. Otherwise, when you start, you know, when it starts to warm up, you ain't going to be able to strip off any clothes and get and get warm and uh, oh. and stay dry. So make sure you dress in layers. Usually what I wear, you know, is thermals underneath, pants, and then um, another uh, a thicker pants on top of that, an insulated pants, and that's three layers for, you know, my bottom part. And then my upper, my upper chest area, what I usually wear is the thermals, uh, a thin sweater, and then a jacket, uh, like a windshield jacket type of deal. And that's usually what I wear. And then as we walk, make our way to the tree, you know, of course, your body starts to heat up and sweat. So I end up stripping off a couple of layers and putting it in my bag. And then when you get to the tree, you know, your adrenaline's pretty much over and you start to cool off. So uh, the layers have to go back on. So That sounds like hunting during uh, January in, in Wisconsin for coon. That's exactly I've got to take off and put on and... Uh, yeah, you get very used to that. That's for sure. One of our sponsors on this this hunt is going to be Kuyu, and uh, so uh, you know, real quick, you know, when we hunt in in Swan Valley, Montana, uh, I'll be wearing a base layer, and then uh, uh, wear their soft shell on on the bottom, and uh, then on top it'll be a base layer, a, a grid fleece top. A soft shell vest and then the soft shell coat over that and the advantage to to wearing premium gear like that is it's not as bulky uh it's lightweight and then you can vent it you know that like the kuyu axis uh jacket soft shell jacket has pit zips and you can open the pockets and and vent from there and the guide jacket's the same way so tanner will be outfitted in kuyu gear from uh, uh they they've agreed to come on board and give us a pretty substantial discount for that gear so we'll get you up to speed lauren we're not going to let you let you freeze to death or or get overheated on the mountain (laughs) all right all right good because you know i've only been in this in two years for two years well i guess almost three if you count maggie's first um little trial that she did and i'm I don't know the best stuff to get. I still got to, you know, talk to the professionals like you guys that, that know. Yep. 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 Well, Hey guys, uh, you know, we've been running on about 40 minutes here and, uh, Lauren, you got anything else that you need to wrap up on? I think I've talked quite enough. You guys have heard a lot of my voice. Yeah. Calvin, you got anything else you want to throw in? No, uh, not at this time, to be honest with you. Um, Tanner, at any time, man, just hit me up on Facebook if you have any questions. Um, I, I believe I sent you a, fair, a friend request. I'm not too sure if he accepted it or not. If you did it, that's, that's okay, too. But we'll, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm, but yeah, I'm pretty bad about it. Uh, at any about. time, you can hit me up. Um, I work nights, so majority of the time I'm up at night working, and uh, you can hit me up then. And then in the mornings, you know, I'm out hunting, so – Sometimes I have I have a pretty decent signal and be able to get me there. Um, like this weekend, uh, tomorrow morning, 
our outcut starts. So uh, we've got uh, we've got the the line on where the elk are. So yesterday morning when I went out, you know, I got I figured out we figured out where they were, and we saw what like eight bulls and about maybe fifty cows out out where uh, we're going to be hunting in the morning in the flat. So tonight we're just going to you know pack up, load up, and uh, head up to the mountains, spend the night, and push them in the morning. Hopefully. By nine o'clock, we're loaded and uh, headed home. So that is, um, I'm always out. You just jinxed your whole hunt. (laughs) (laughs) You've already got it planned out. Yeah, that that is the plan. Is it going to happen that way? Probably not, but it's okay. It's part of hunting. Yeah, yeah. Hey, he's optimistic. That's right. (laughs) That's right. And uh, yeah, um, Tanner, I want to say I'm in the same boat as you for for deer. A little bit. You've probably been trying for longer than I have, but I uh, have my first gun deer uh, tag this year, and we're going to see what happens. Not not sure. I don't well, know well, anything. Luck, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good luck to you too. When does uh when does is your season going on or? Uh, we have archery going on right now, but I I haven't had a had a chance to practice with my with my bow in a while, so I haven't made it out there. I'm not not as confident with it as I should be. So Hey, at least uh, you have a bow. Whoa. Yeah. Sorry, my microphone just fell. That was Sorry, a crash. Guys. All right. So, <laughs> Tanner, you got any final thoughts while while uh Lauren's picking up the pieces there? Uh no, I, like I said, I I definitely appreciate everything you guys are doing and Calvin, uh, I'm sorry I'm pretty bad about getting on Facebook, so I'll I'll get on there right after this and and accept you. Uh, no problem, man. No, no rush. Don't worry about it. And then uh, my phone number's on there too. You don't have to, you know, just hit me up on iMessage or Instagram message. You can just text me at any time you want, man. Um, my number's on there. Or if you don't, if you, you got a pin, or you can even text Chris. Chris has probably got me on speed dial because he calls me every other day asking how his dog's doing. So <laughs> uh, we won't get into that. Proof's gonna be in the pudding when I get out there and see what see what kind of magic you've worked on her calvin that's uh i've seen her picture there a few times but uh tanner you got anything else before we wrap it up nope nope all right well i'll just wrap it up and uh i want to give a big shout out to a couple people that that deserve some recognition on our podcast one of them is gary robertson with carnivore tv he's working hard for um a firearm from from ruger and uh i think you're going to be really happy with the the firearm that we're trying to to get there it's the 350 legend in their american ranch rifle uh, that 350 legend is going to be a thumper uh, you need to do a little bit of research on that rifle it's pretty amazing it's a it's a new cartridge that came out i believe it came out in early 2019 but ruger jumped on it and they built a nice rifle around that that cartridge but to give you some idea it's it's uh, 223 brass that's not necked down so it's spitting those 145 to 100 175 grain bullets out of the end of that thing at 21 feet 2100 feet per second so uh, it's a screamer and it'll be good for you back here when you get back to indiana too so gary we appreciate everything you do for us and and the work you're putting in to help this thing come off good and and uh carnivore tv is going to be there filming this hunt and so we're going to make you a movie star too and 
So you'll be on the Pursuit channel. Uh, hopefully, if we get the, the footage we need there. Uh, Everly Stock is a uh, backpack manufacturer, and Everly Stock is has come on board with us, too, to help help give us a, a, a gun runner pack, get us a gun run, runner pack for you that you can carry on this hunt. And uh, it's a it's a gun carry pack. So uh, my buddy Larry Anderson from, from Montana introduced me to that. I had other Everly stock packs, but the gun runner was, was a pretty special pack that, that he had on a hunt we were on, and now I've got one of my own. So I think you'll really enjoy that. But I just want to leave everybody with this thought, and and we'll wrap this thing up. But we still need donations, and we're not just trying to sponsor this hunt. We've got hound adventures going on. We've got uh, coon hunts in the east that our local, one of our local clubs here in Indiana is going to host with Freedom Hunters. Um, we're trying to build a bank account where we can continue to um, uh, build funds so we can continue this in the future for other veterans and deserving service members that that want to go out and hunt with hounds. So uh, we've got a couple other outfitters that have already expressed interest and want to become involved with Freedom Hunters. And that's easy to do if you're listening and you want to get involved. You can just contact them at freedomhunters.org and tell them you want to be a part of the Houndsman XP Freedom Hunters uh, program and uh, get involved there. But we do need donations. And somebody called me the other day and asked me, well, how much are you trying to raise? And I said, as much as we can, because it's not just for this hunt. The other thing is they said, well, I don't know how much to give. Well, my advice to you is give like you're the only person that's going to give. And they're in a better cause that we can be, we can be donating our money to than, than getting these veterans and gold star family members out here doing the things that we love. That's going to, that's going to secure the future of our sport. So at that, Chris, why don't you tell them the, the two ways that people can donate? You, you tell them. Methods. You tell them. All right. <laughs> sure. So there's two ways you can donate. Um, if you guys go on and check out our Facebook page, Houndsman XP, uh, we've got a Facebook donate link there in our uh, post that we made about the hound adventure. Uh, and then you can also donate directly through the Freedom Hunters website. Um, and that's freedomhunters.com slash houndsmen-xp, right, Chris? Yes. Yeah, so please go ahead, take a look. Um, you know, you've heard Tanner's story, you've heard about his dad, and it'd be great if you guys can help out. Right, right. There isn't going to be a, a better thing that you can you can give your money to and support. And once you hit that, if you go through the website – that link that we gave you, when you make that donation, you will get a verification letter that you've donated to a 501c3, and you will get a letter back almost immediately that you can put in your files for tax purposes as well. So I know that's not the reason why anybody ever gives to things like this, but it is a nice benefit that the uh, government has afforded us. So at that, Tanner, you ready to go on this hunt? Oh, yeah, definitely ready. Yeah, yeah. Well, Calvin, I appreciate your time today, taking some time out of your day to, to be on the podcast with us. 
Yeah, no problem. As soon as I get done here, I'm going to probably head back up and uh, do some more scouting and look for some more tracks. Yeah. I can't wait to get out there with you. I'm going to I'm gonna hang around for a few days probably and, and hunt after after the Freedom Hunters hunt too. So uh, looking forward to it and looking forward to seeing you again. It's always a blast having you around in camp and stuff. Yes, sir. It's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Well, when we get out there, Tanner, there's going to be a line track that's crossing the road. We're going to find one, probably multiple line tracks. And and just to give you an idea of what happens a lot of times when it's on a slow day is the call will come out that they've got a line track, and you're going to see trucks converging on this track. And when we cut these hounds loose, not all of them are going to go the right way. But this is our motto. You follow your hounds, and I'll follow mine. As houndsmen, we share very unique needs when we make a decision to relocate, especially when it comes to finding a hound-friendly environment in which to live. REMAX Hall of Fame realtor Evan Harrell is a houndsman himself, and he and his team understand your relocation needs as no one else can. With so many things to consider before you move, Evan can help you find just the right location anywhere in the country whenever you decide to go and will even help with the process of selling your present home. And Steve, Remax Elite Realty is based in Franklin, North Carolina. Evan Harrell specializes in residential sales and especially in helping people like us to relocate to the locations we choose anywhere in the United States. Remax has been the leader in residential transactions since 1999 and rated the number one brand in real estate. Evan has been named top producer four years in a row and chairman's club recipient in 2018. Contact Evan online at evanherald.com or give him a call at 828-371-5103. You and your hounds will be glad you did. Don't touch that button. We are catching up with Steve mid-conversation right now. He's traveling across West Virginia, so let's pick this up. Thought that I would call and do a little recording while you're on the road. Yeah. Kind of set it up as a, uh, you know, Les Nessman traveling reporter. Yeah, the turkeys are going to be falling here pretty soon. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) See, that's why I'm recording right there. We can't rehearse that. We can't capture that. You know, we can't get stuff like that just by setting this show up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think they've been genetically engineering them, though, now where they can fly a little bit. That's right. They do. But, Are you in a a good area? Have you got good cell phone coverage? Right now, it seems... Let me, uh, let me look and see. Look, look, look. Oh, man, I got, I got three or four buttons here. Now, I just pulled out of uh, uh, Gent, West Virginia. That's with an H. We, we use all the letters we can down here. Uh, there's only 26, and we try to use them as often as we can. But it's spelled G-A-G-N-T. That's the home of our friend Les Boland. Yeah. And uh, I just came through the toll booth on, the, on Interstate 74. Uh, seven heading north uh, toward Catanning, Pennsylvania today, 
And yeah, I'll be going through my old hometown and the Beckley. all that bit. So yeah, yeah, I thought just Beckley. So Beckley, that General that, Alfred Beckley. That toll road in West Virginia is a racket. I just want you to know that. And you need nah, to, you tell me. You need to contact all your old contacts in West Virginia and let them know that I think that toll road's a racket. Well, everything's a racket in West Virginia. I, I always fill my tank before I go across the line and uh, either direction because high taxes in West Virginia. Yep. Uh, yeah, this toll road is kind of an interesting story. Uh, it used to be called the West Virginia Turnpike. And uh, did we go over this before? Yeah, but we haven't did gone I over. Tell you about this? We haven't gone over it with our listeners. Well, the deal was they built this thing back in the fifties, and it's eighty-eight miles long from the southern uh, tip in Princeton, West Virginia, uh, to the to the northern tip in Charleston. Is that portion? Uh, of I-77 was called the West Virginia Turnpike. And they built it at a cost of a million dollars a mile. It's 88 miles long. <laughs> uh, when I started out way back, you know, and uh, driving and, and that sort of thing, in fact, one semester I had to commute from my town of Beckley to Charleston every, uh, three days a week. And, uh, you know, you could you could go for a buck, maybe 75 cents. Now there are three toll stations on that 88 mile, and it's $4 a pop. So you got $12 in the ride, uh, that 88-mile ride. Yeah. So, okay, so there's a couple things there yeah. that you talked about. One is the toll road's 88 miles long and where we just came from in Texas. I don't even think that covers a county in Texas. So you're talking about going across a whole state. And, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then and then we were just texting back and forth about you getting a cup of coffee. And and how much was a cup of coffee when you first started driving? <laughs> Probably 10, 15 cents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all relative. You know, That's right. That's right. Well, we'll kind of we'll kind of set yeah. this set this up for the uh, set this up for the listeners a little bit. So you're on a road trip right now. It seems like you're like a Buckeye. We can't keep you home. Every everywhere we turn around, Steve Fielder's there. So yeah, yeah, a moving target's harder to hit. They tell me. Yeah. So you're you're on your way to Pennsylvania. Yeah, you're on your way to Pennsylvania. To pick up your pup cruise from Randy, Randy Smith, right? Right. Are you going to get any hunting That's done? Correct. Are you going to get a, any hunting done, or are you yeah. just going to be be an interstate coon hunter? No, no. The plan is to hunt two nights in, in Pennsylvania. Tonight uh, being a Wednesday, I believe, and uh, 
tomorrow night and then head back and and I'll be stopping off uh, around Blacksburg. Well, actually, it's a little detour to the east, but uh, I'll be stopping off uh, to uh, hunt on Friday night with my buddies over there, Heath Hyatt and uh, maybe Glenn Price, uh, guys who I'll be bear hunting with in December. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to do three nights in a row here and then maybe get out a night with my brother maybe Saturday night. Uh, my plan is to, to get in at least three, maybe four nights coon hunt before I head back next Monday. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you got a full schedule. Yeah, it's just a little kind of get my dog ready a little bit for uh, the White River trip, which will be coming up uh, the week before Thanksgiving. Yeah, so, so this... So that's only a couple weeks away from right now. Where, yeah. yeah, this episode will probably be playing about the time that you're on the road to Arkansas, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I imagine so. I imagine so, uh... Hey, man, I'm going to give you a shout-out, Chris, uh, to our listeners. I think people don't uh, – well, I think they understand. I think they're perceptive enough to understand uh, who's the techie in this group. Uh, and it's definitely not me. We're in trouble then. But man, all the work – yeah. But our listeners need to know, and I want to say publicly, that you do all the production on these uh, podcasts. <laughs> Uh, all the recording, all all the piecing together, and, and uh, uh, making my mistakes look good, and and making it all sound uh, good. The, the pre rolls and the background, everything that goes into the production of Houseman XP podcast is done by you, and I think you need to be recognized for that, so our listeners know uh, that. It's just me beating my gums here, but you're the guy that makes it happen. So well, I, I'll make I just sure. want everybody to know that. I know you didn't ask me that, yeah. to say that, but that I, is the truth. I appreciate that very much, and uh, when my contract comes up for negotiation, I'll make sure I remind you of this. Yeah, we'll bring it before the board of directors, okay? <laughs> you know it. You know it. Hey, kind of like Mayberry, right? That, that's right. That's right. Uh, we're the sheriff. We're the we're the, the justice the, of the peace. The mayor, the, the whole nine yards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I got to I, I I know you're on the road, and I know you're busy. Uh, you know, it's t- concentrating on on uh, getting up there and making plans for big hunts. But I want to talk about a few things that are going on in Houndsman XP right now, and. Uh, bring our listeners in on on the loop on some of that and sounds like we're getting some interference there can you hear me all right les nesman are you there i can't you know i've I've got five bars here um it's not on my end well you you mentioned mayberry bear branches behind mayberry and that includes internet connections so if we have to we'll we'll uh, get a string and two tin cans together and try to get this recorded. But uh, one of the things... Okay, that, I'll look for a pole I can climb up on here. Green Acres. Yeah, uh, or, okay. or Mr. Beavy, since we were talking about... You remember Mr. Beavy off of uh, that episode? 
the man with the tin hat that could walk in the trees and make smoke come out of his ears? <laughs> Mr. Yeah, McBeavy. Yeah, we're dating ourselves here, Chris. You got that right. You know, I knew it was time for me to hang up the whole drill instructor gig when I would look at recruits and talk to them about things like uh, the Andy Griffith show and Green Acres, and they looked at me and they didn't have a freaking clue. I knew I could, no, I had no more material left. It was over. That's that's right. Well, wait till you get my age. You'll feel that more and more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hey, one of the things that I, I want to talk old about. Guys like me, yeah, yeah. That's uh, real quick. That's why old guys like me always seek each other out and sit on benches and talk. Right, yeah. The only ones that can understand each other, right? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you know, talking about age, I'll be, by the time this podcast comes out, I will be retrofitted with some bionic ears. I finally bit the bullet and, and put, uh, oh, you know, being pragmatic over being vain, and I'll have some uh, a couple of hearing aids, courtesy of the Veterans Administration. And uh, thanks to Uncle Sam for taking my hearing, but uh, now they get to get to pay for some new ears for me. So when we sit on the bench, I'll actually be able to hear you. Well, I tell you what, that's an important uh, 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 faculty there for a hounds person to be able to hear because this sport is pretty much all about that. So, well, good for you, Chris. Well, I tell my wife, it's t I tell my... I tell my wife it's so that I can hear her better, but it's really so I can hear my hounds better. <laughs> right. And you can secretly, I imagine you can reach up there and turn that down when, when the conversation's not going to your liking. That's right? right. See, these dang things, what is going on with these hearing aids? These things aren't worth a, aren't worth a quarter. They're not worth a fl flip of a wooden nickel. I need to take these back. Well, this is fun. Well, last time I came down this way, I missed my road. So hopefully I can uh, I can multitask here and, and get the right exit this time. But go ahead, buddy. Yeah, so we're having a good time, you know, just cutting up and having a good time here. But uh, a couple things going on in Houndsman XP. And, and uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about was this freedom hunters hunt that's coming up in January and uh, maybe give some more information and some background. And, and we've sent out a, a bunch of flyers in the form of a media kit where people can donate. And Lauren Branny, Lauren, our, our third, our third team member did an outstanding job on that flyer. It's got hyper hyperlinks in it. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful piece of work. So, um, it's pretty self-explanatory, but I think one thing that, that people don't understand or, or don't know because we haven't told them is that this partnership with Freedom Hunters is going to be a long-standing long standing deal. We want sustainability and, and, and stability in this partnership with them. And uh, any money we raise is going to be used for, for these hound adventures through Freedom Hunters all over the country, not just this hunt. So... We're really asking for people to dig deep and, and support this so that we can have a long-standing, sustainable relationship with Freedom Hunters. Well, I agree, Chris, and that, you know, the, 
patriotism and respect for our veterans and our love for our country is the underpinning of this effort of Houseman XP. Uh, you know, we've said this many times. We, we come at this from the position of, of being veterans ourselves, um, uh, our parents, you know, people in our families, friends, the whole, uh, the whole deal. Uh, it's, you know, we, we want to do all we can for those who are doing so much to keep us free and give us the ability to get out here and run these hounds and, and that sort of thing. And uh, I'm going to go through a toll booth here just a minute. I, well, I'll be I excited. Hope, uh, that I've got to come. I, I, I hope I have enough uh, pennies here to get through it. Yeah, so I don't what, know how much it is. $4. Go ahead. It's 75 cents. What do I do? Only have a dollar. <laughs> this, 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 this could be, I don't know, it, does Common Core cover this? Do you have the manual? All right. Did you make it? Three coins, in, three coins in the fountain, and I get a green light. All right. You're off. Okay, You're we're off. good to go now. <laughs> yeah, so another thing that, that we need to bring up is there a, every donation goes directly to Freedom Hunters. Houndsman XP collects right. zero money. We aren't going to take your money. Uh, so when you donate to Freedom Hunters... You are going to get a confirmation letter back. I was on the website the other day. Anthony's pace out there has done an outstanding job working with his IT guy to get this set up where when you make that donation, then you will get a, a verification letter that you've donated to 501c3. Take that with you to, at tax time. I know people aren't giving because, you know, they're looking for a tax break, but the government affords us the opportunity to do that. And, and you need to make sure that you're taking advantage of that, too. So I don't want anybody to think that they're bankrolling Houndsman XP adventures for us to run all over the country. Because a lot of this money is going to be used for, for hound adventures that we'll never be on. We'll never attend them. It's just uh, hunting, hunting opportunities for veterans. And uh, it goes directly to Freedom Hunters. It, it doesn't come in our bank account or across our, our books at all. Well, that, that's for sure, Chris. And, I, I, you know, I sent out emails recently with this nice media kit that uh, Lauren uh, prepared for us. And I, I tried to make that point in my posts on social media that, you know, I, I don't get on social media or, or email or whatever and ask for money. You know, that's never been my, my deal. Uh, well, I haven't needed to, really. But, you know, I feel like I need to now. I feel like so strongly about this thing that we're doing for these veterans. I just want to see it happen. I want to see the smile on Tanner Babb's face when he walks up under that tree and sees that lion. I, I want, uh, you know, I just want to make that young man know that I appreciate the fact that he sacrificed his father, you know, his father sacrificed his own life for our country, and that he in turn enlisted and is serving in our uh, in the military. 
And, and, you know, it's one thing to walk up to a guy in, in, in uniform and say, you know, thank you for your service. And I think that's great. But, you know, this is just such a tangible way and such a good uh, opportunity for a veteran to really know down in his heart of hearts that these people do care, these hunters, you know, from all over the country made this happen for me. And I appreciate it, and I know he'll appreciate it. And I, that's just why this is so important to me, Chris. Well, I've, I've spent several, several, uh, probably bordering on hours now, talking to Tanner and, and lining everything up. And I can tell you that the, the young man's a class act, and he is um, – this is such a small token – of appreciation for for what he's he's done, what he's sacrificed, and I can't imagine somebody not wanting to get behind this, take ownership, and say, "Hey, I helped do that for this guy." I mean, it almost—I I get kind of emotional when I start thinking about um, the sacrifices he's made. You know, his dad Brock and I were um, were teammates or or fellow Marines in the same company. We were in different platoons. But we served together in the same rifle company uh, during Desert Storm, and uh, of course, by now maybe maybe all of our listeners don't know the backstory. But but uh, Brock reenlisted after the 9/11 terrorist attacks, and uh, that's when he was killed in the Ambar Province when an IED struck his vehicle. So, you know, it's a pretty special story for me, and we can't even begin to repay what, what? this what this young man and his family has sacrificed. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. Very proud to be a part of it. Yep, yep. So, if you are listening and you you don't have the backstory and you want to donate, um, contact Steve Rye on on uh, or Lauren on social media, and and we'll get a media kit directly to you so that you can make that donation for for this not only this particular hunt but sustainable hunts into the future through Freedom Hunters. You won't regret the fact that you you participated in something that is this patriotic and and pays back our veterans. Well said. Well said, Chris. Another thing that I want to talk about is uh, our main title sponsor, and that's W Hunting Supply. We've got a. By the time this episode comes out, our our T-shirts should be in stock at w um i spent some time this week talking to buddy and jason doobie buddy woodbury and jason doobie out there spent about four hours on the phone with him yesterday talking about t-shirts and and how we're going to arrange things on the website and we're still trying to figure all that stuff out but by the time this comes out we're going to have a sick long sleeve uh t-shirt that's going to be available and it's going to be patriotic you're going to see, if if you haven't seen it already, you're going to be seeing it on social media. Uh, but the conversation I had with them yesterday, Steve, was this is going to be a staple item for us. In the past, we've had limited run items. Um, it's kind of been get it while you can type thing. But this is going to be a Houndsman XP staple. And uh, it's going to be available until we decide that, that the, the market's not supporting that designer. We feel like it. we need something else. But this is going to be our staple item that's going to be available from from now on. Well, I'm 
I'm certainly glad about that, Chris, and it is a sharp shirt. I, I personally, I, I like the long sleeve tee. It's what I enjoy wearing, especially in the fall, through the winter months and so forth. And even in Florida, with my fishing and all, protection against the sun, although I know these aren't the UV-type uh, T-shirts, but at any rate, uh, this thing is just really sharp. And the first time I saw the design, and there again, hats off to you uh, for coming up with the design. It's awesome. I really like it. It's sharp. I think anyone will enjoy wearing it. And it has uh, very prominently displayed the uh, the uh, Houseman XP uh, Hound logo there. And, uh, man, it, it, it's, uh, it, it hits all my buttons for sure. Yep, yep. So I, I'm... I'm looking forward to, to having that, that staple item that's going to be steady. It's going to be available to our listeners. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. And, and to give some people, we don't talk about a lot of this stuff on the air, but uh, the last six months has been, uh, it's been a sprint. I mean, it's just been uh, hectic <laughs> trying to get things lined up, trying to learn technical stuff. So we, we are trying to, move into the next phase of our business uh the business side of this thing and for our, our loyal customers that want to support us you know so some of that limited run stuff we di- we didn't know what w- i'll just say it i didn't know what i was doing when i got into this thing i found out that it wasn't as easy as what i thought it was going to be but we're just getting our legs under us and and making some moves here and and through because of your support and because everybody is is ganging up on us here and and supporting Houndsman XP, we realize that it's time for us to move forward and make some changes. So um, we don't really can't really apologize uh, for for things being limited run in the past. But when you're trying to work and you're trying to you know learn how to do all this other stuff and and round up guests and I mean it was just hectic. So now we're starting to find our find our groove. We're moving down the tracks here, and we're going to start uh, getting some more steady staple items out there that are that are logo wear. You got any thoughts on that, Steve? Well, well, I do, Chris, and I'll echo what you're saying. You know, over my career, there were a lot of uh, logo items available through the registries and all, but that didn't come under my uh, my realm of responsibility. There were vendors and people that that handled that stuff yeah i might have been on some decisions on designs and things like that but uh yeah so we we learn uh, and uh we we as we learn we go forward you know and uh so i yeah i i think that uh, i know i'm stammering around here a little bit because uh again i thank you uh for your work with uh with Buddy Woodbury and the people out at W who always do a good job with whatever they seem to be involved with. And, uh, and so they're going to be making these shirts for us, making them available. And, uh, and uh, our listeners are going to enjoy them. I, I'm sure that they are. And, you know, I'm the guy that kind of keeps an eye on the stats on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, Chris, it has been phenomenal as of late. Uh, you know, it seems like in any business you have that period of time when, uh, you know, you're struggling to make it happen. Uh, but, man, and I know that we haven't arrived yet, but uh, 
we certainly are making giant strides now in the number of uh, the way we measure the the success of this thing is the number of subscribers, the number of likes that we get, the number, and of course the the real uh, uh, indicator is the number of times that these podcasts are downloaded, and it's just been amazing as of late how uh, how uh, you know we're we're getting approaching now uh, you know in a week's time something like five thousand downloads in a week. You know, and it, it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy good is what it is because, uh, and, and I don't say that to direct attention to our team, uh, uh, the personalities on this podcast. Uh, our guests certainly re- deserve a lot of credit, uh, but the listeners being supportive, you know, and, uh, and, and we haven't uh, come on here with a lot of appeals for donations and things uh we've already talked about that with freedom hunters but you support us by buying that uh, swag as you call it chris that's right i'm learning all these new buzzwords you know i'm still <laughs> back in the groovy cool uh days you know but any anyway well, I'm, uh, uh I, i'm a i'm a tween i'm not a teen and i'm not a, I'm a t- yeah i'm a tween <laughs> i'm a tween an old guy a and tween, i'm a huh? tween a kid so I'm trying to I'm yeah, hanging on with my my fingernails trying to hang on to something that's that's somewhat cool. Oh yeah. yeah. Once once Jake's well, gone out of the house, yeah. I mean I still got one teenager at home. Once he's gone, it's over. Yeah. You know, just get out well, the, the plaid sure pants the and the white white loafers and and. Uh, <laughs> Don't forget the white plastic belt. Yeah. With, oh yeah. You know. Yeah, I've got one. <laughs> I've got got my eye on one right now. That's right. Well, I get the eye roll all the time from our grandkids here, so you know, I, <laughs> I yeah. know this thing. But anyway, yeah, that, that's great news about the T-shirt. I can't wait to for that thing to hit the uh, hit the uh, the store, so so to speak, so people can pick that up. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about downloads and stuff a little bit, Steve. I know you did. You are the guy that that keeps us on our toes with the stats and and um, things like that. And fifty thousand downloads in six six months. I mean, there's some some podcasts that are averaging that every week. Um, so we're like you said, we certainly haven't arrived there at that level yet by any means. But I am really proud of our listeners who have been engaging and. Um, I want to publicly thank them for, you know, being so engaging and listening to us stammer and ramble around and, and stuff like that. So, um, I, I can't say enough how, how happy I am about the progress we've made in a pretty short time. Well, me too. It's humbling, Chris, for sure. And, uh, and, and without the listeners, uh, it wouldn't happen. Uh, bottom line. Uh, the amazing thing, you know, we were on a countdown here not long ago for the 50,000 uh, downloads, and, and we hit it uh, uh, on a, at 11 o'clock on a, on a Saturday morning. Uh, I kept an eye on it, and, uh, and then, boom, it just, in a blink of an eye, there were 3,000 more, you know, and it's uh, uh, and, and just growing every day, and uh, so that's all uh, due to our listeners and, and 
we do appreciate you out there. Uh, when you, uh, you know, uh, uh, click on that podcast app and, and you, you listen, that's recorded as a download. And that lets us know that you're out there and you continue, that continues to grow every week. And, uh, and so, uh, what can I say, Chris? We were just very, very thankful. Yep. And I think a lot of the reason why we, we went over the top there was because of our new team member, Lauren Branny. Uh, she gets on Instagram and, and takes care of – she does the heavy lifting on, on the Instagram and the social media accounts and and keeps us on the on the front page of those things. So that certainly was a big boost for us. Well, Lauren's been a big asset, that's for sure, and uh, enjoy having her. And it's always good to hear from somebody from up in the cheese country uh, voice on the podcast. Yeah, yep. So, well, <laughs> what else do we need to cover? What else is on your mind? Well, Chris, I don't know. You know, I, I could give you a little color tour here. Man, I hit this thing just right on this autumn foliage, on this drive up through. Uh, this in, I'm on what they call Interstate 79, and it goes right up through the gut of West Virginia, up toward Morgantown, where the university is, and then on in toward Pittsburgh. And I'm going north of Pittsburgh about 40 miles. Crossed over the New River Gorge Bridge, which is the largest single-span bridge east of the uh, the Mississippi. Uh, it's quite a thing. And, and to drive over that, you can't really get the uh, the scope of it. You need to stop at the visitor center and go and walk around, and you can see. But the amazing thing to me is I used to coon hunt right under that thing, and I looked down there, that 800 feet, I think it is, down the water, uh, they actually, you know, parachute off of it and bungee jump off it and all kinds of crazy things. But um, have you ever done that? that? I used to be. I no, not <laughs> at all. Heights uh, and me, you know, airplanes are fine. I can peer out the window of an airplane down thirty thousand feet. Doesn't bother me at all. Put me on a little uh, with a railing there. 100 feet above the ground, and I'm like, the pucker factor kicks in, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I hear you. But anyway, yeah, this is the state of my birth. Uh, They call it wild, wonderful West Virginia, and it is a beautiful state for anyone that has not traveled through West Virginia. It's it's quite a beautiful place to be, especially in the fall of the year. Yeah, I love uh, love being in West Virginia. Yep, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah it, it it's a, it is for sure. But every day in every state is is a wonderful thing, uh, you know. And uh, it's just we were just in Texas in that South Texas brush country, you know, and that was awesome. Uh, and uh, I'll be in those awesome cathedral-like hardwood bottoms of of the Arkansas Delta here in about. Uh, a week uh, from the time I'm talking to you here, maybe a, two weeks, and that is totally awesome. And then uh, can't wait to get out there on that Freedom Hunters uh, hunt with Tanner and uh, and Calvin Redhouse and Gary Robertson and all those people that are going to make this great hunt 
And you and I have got to get that big blue tick uh, of yours, Mongo, and this uh, logger-headed walker pup of, of mine together. Uh, we talked about having a locating contest because they both got a big horn, mm-hmm. big horn. Yeah. So uh, we got to try to make that happen during the coon season in Indiana sometime. I might show up in Arkansas while you're there. You never know. Well, hey, come on down. <laughs> <laughs> There's only 160,000 acres. We can show maybe find you a place to cut loose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never know. You never know. Yeah, for sure. Well, sure. Steve, I, I don't want to keep you. I've, sure. I've got a few things I need to get done today, but I I just wanted to kind of have a little sure. chat from the road with you. I thought it would be fun to have a spur-of-the-moment conversation and and uh, kind of take some of the, the stress of producing a show off of us and just talk to our listeners today. Yeah. Well, it's a good idea, Chris, and I had uh, a good service here and uh, – uh, looking forward to getting up with my friend Randy Smith. He's been uh, a great friend that I've only uh, known now for, oh, since back in 2016 when he won the UKC World Hunt. And he and I have become friends. and always enjoy getting up there. But, yeah, being out here on the road and getting to talk to our listeners on Houndsman XP is just, a, just a, a great, great opportunity for me, and I've enjoyed it. I appreciate yeah. you calling. Hey, no problem. No problem. Well, all right, buddy. You follow your hound, and I'll follow mine, okay? Good advice. (laughs) All right, be safe. All right, thanks, Chris. Have a great one. Yep, you too. Bye.